Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. At the window. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. And go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. Has Mickey Calloway been fired yet by the Mets? Just wondering. Welcome to At the Window here on the Fantasy Sports. Network on this lovely Monday afternoon here in New York City, Midtown Manhattan. Studio 34, I am Sean Guastamacchia. Welcome in the Mets on a day where they should have been celebrating Pete Alonso's 27th home run, breaking Dowell Strawberry's club record for home runs by a rookie. And he's on pace to break Aaron Judge's Major League Baseball record for most home runs by a rookie. Judge hit 52 two years ago for the New York Yankees. Instead, the news, of course, is Mickey Callaway and Tim Healy, reporter for Newsday, who covers the Mets, uh, was in Miami for a long time, second year, covering the Mets as Tim Healy is doing. Mickey Callaway should be fired, make no mistake about it, but not for this confrontation with, uh, with Tim Healy yesterday. He should be fired because he's a lousy manager. I don't know how he still has a job, as the Mets are 37-41, and 41, but that's another story. But this confrontation with Tim Healy, a little overblown. The, uh, this idea, as, as uh, a lot of people have been tweeting about, that Mickey Callaway wants to get fired. He's, he's sick of it. And so he did this on purpose. And it was calculated how he went after the reporter because he just wants to be fired and be, and be done with it. Or just wants to get on with his life. Now, I don't buy that in, in, in any stretch. That, that, that's dumb. Tim Healy, though, and I'm not defending what Mickey Callaway did yesterday. As everyone knows by now, after the game, uh, the reporters interviewed Mickey Callaway, the manager of the New York Mets, and were questioning him uh, really hard about Seth Lugo being um, kept in the game and not getting their closer, Edwin Diaz, up with five outs to go in the game. Um, And he said he wouldn't use him for a five-out save, Diaz, uh, but he wasn't even up in the bullpen. And so they grilled him on that. They grilled uh, the New York media, grilled uh, Mickey Callaway on that decision to to keep uh, Seth Lugo in the game. Okay. The reporters then leave the manager's uh, room there in the uh, in Chicago Wrigley Field as the Mets are playing the Cubs, and they move on to other uh, players to be to interview. And at at that point, Mickey Callaway makes his way across the uh, clubhouse, and Tim Healy uh, said, uh, "See you tomorrow, Mickey." And that set Mickey off, and Mickey started uh, cursing and screaming at. Tim Healy of Newsday, and then Jason Vargas, who was staring down Mickey, uh, Tim Healy for not leaving the clubhouse, and then uh, Tim Healy, and he released a statement his, himself today on what happened, talked about, uh, wanted to know why, why Jason was, if everything was okay with Jason Vargas, and then Jason Vargas took a couple of steps towards him and said he would uh, F him up, bro, and and that's when Noah Syndergaard and the Mets... Uh, Communications manager Ethan Wilson and Carlos Gomez got involved and separated the two. For what it's worth, the Mets are planning on, according to reports, I'm planning on getting uh, Tim Healy and Mickey Calloway together to straighten this whole thing out. The Mets issued an apology, and we're waiting to see if there's any discipline coming down from the New York Mets. 
Uh, will Jason Vargas be disciplined? Will Mickey Callaway be, di- be disciplined? Now, here's a problem that no one, no one wants to point out. Tim Healy, and Gabe Morenzi, to his credit, did point this out actually on the morning after, and, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Tim Healy shouldn't say anything to Mickey Callaway after grilling him on Seth Lugo being kept in the game and grilling him all season long. Mickey Callaway under a lot of pressure here in New York. Uh, people calling for his job. He's a terrible manager. He should have been fired a while ago. I don't, I don't know why he has a job. But, but for this whole situation with Tim Healy, though, I, yeah, it's unprofessional, but I mean, are we overreacting a little bit? I mean, Tim Healy, sarcastically, and, and I'm taking that as being sarcastic, his words. Uh, see you tomorrow, Skip. You know he's, he's, on, uh, you know, uh, he's on edge for you know, the Mets losing and his job's uh, in question. And, uh, yeah, the Mets have come out and said he's going to keep his job or whatever, and it's on jeopardy. But you know that that is what is on Mickey Callaway's mind when Tim Healy says that. He took it sarcastically, and you know what? I don't have a problem with Mickey Callaway telling Tim Healy, you know what? You know, you could go F yourself and get out of the room. I don't have a problem with that. I think people are overreacting. Bill Parcells made a, made a living off of uh, being stern and, and, and tough with the media here in New York City, and he's a legend. People love him for it. The only difference, he won, whereas Mickey Callaway has not won. He has a losing record, so he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt like Bill Parcells did. Look at Greg Popovich, another one in the NBA. He's a surly dude. He's, he's a grumpy dude. He's, he doesn't, he's salty. He's not uh, nice with the media. Yet no one takes him to task because he's won five NBA championships. See, if you have that behind you, you could be salty with the media. So Mickey Calloway and his unprofessionalism and he needs to be fired as all the articles I'm reading here because, you know, he's going after a reporter and blah, 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 blah. No, Mickey Calloway should be fired because he's a lousy manager. This whole thing with Tim Healy, I give Tim Healy some wrong here too. Now, of course, managers should be more mature uh, and and have thicker skin and and not allow a reporter to uh, get him so heated and so emotional towards him. Understood. But are we overreacting a little bit? I mean, all right, so Mickey Calloway and another adult had words in the clubhouse. Uh, It's going to get sorted out. It happens. Big deal. A manager should not be fired just because of that alone. This, you know, uh, he didn't charge at him or what have you. Now, Vargas, on the other hand, and I'm glad that Tim Healy straightened that out, did not, he said charge uh, was, is a super strong word. He just took steps towards them. And, but Vargas, uh, that's another thing too with Tim Healy. Why are you staring down and why are you talking to Vargas? You know he's looking at you. You could feel him looking at you as, as Tim Healy talked about in his uh, statement that he released. Why are you saying any words to Vargas after what happened with Mickey Calloway? Get out of there. Call it a day. That's it. I know you want to stay and talk to a, a, another player, but that's it. Get out. Leave. You're a reporter. Nothing good's going to happen from this situation. Why are you even saying anything to Vargas? You're, you're just being a jerk at this point. And so Tim Healy needs to take some, some heat for this as well. I mean, I'm not going to put it all on Mickey Calloway and Vargas. Healy as well. Get out of there. And then Vargas... He should know better. He shouldn't uh, try to confront a reporter. He's a player. That's a no-no. We'll see what the Mets do about that. But Healy uh, comes across trying to instigate there a little bit, and uh, he knows he can because Mickey Callaway has a losing record. Uh, The media is going to take him to task for anything that he does 
from here on out. And they do. And they're grilling him right now, roasting him right now in New York. I'll be surprised to see how much longer he lasts for the New York Mets. But on a day when they should be talking about Pete Alonso and his continuing hot streak, and now he's on pace to break Aaron Judge's record of most home runs by a rookie, uh, the guy could just keep smashing, and, and that's a great sign for the New York Mets, a young player through their farm system. But no, we're talking about Mickey Callaway, Tim Healy of Newsday, and Jason Vargas. So a disaster for the Mets, but a little overreaction with all the people on, on, on Twitter just, you know, oh, this is it, you know, the, you know well, the Mets, and you can't make this up, and they're going to fight a reporter and whatever. Relax, calm down. There's never going to be a fight with Mickey Calloway and Tim Healy. And Tim Healy, sarcastically, I'm t- I'll take it uh, sarcastic. It wasn't there, but we don't know what was said. But Mickey Calloway took it as a sarcastic remark. See you tomorrow, Mickey. And yeah, he should know better, but I don't have a problem with my manager saying words to a reporter if he thinks the reporter is trying to get under his skin and, and taking uh, him to task and, and being a smartass. Let's just call it as it is. Tim Healy of Mickey Calloway felt was being a smartass, and so he took him to task for it. Don't have a problem with that. That's not why Mickey Calloway should be fired. Mickey Calloway should be fired because he keeps making terrible managerial decisions, and one of which was Seth Lugo leaving him in too long yesterday. And so we could go on with that, but the Mets are a disaster uh, and, you know, uh, continue to, to make news for all the wrong reasons. Yankees, on the other hand, make news for the right reasons. Keep hitting home runs. DJ LeMayu, another home run. They set their uh, club mark for 26 games now straight with a home run. The MLB record is 27 straight by the steroid and juiced up Texas Rangers of uh, 2002. Alex Rodriguez was on that team, and so was Pudge Rodriguez, two known steroid abusers. And so let's hope the Yankees can uh, hit a home run tonight, set that record, and, 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 and uh, we could forget about the 2002 Texas Rangers and the juiced-up players that were on that team. They don't, they don't deserve a record. They didn't do it fairly. They don't deserve the record. Let's hope the Yankees could, could get that record. Most home runs hit, most consecutive games with a home run hit in, uh, for, for uh, baseball. Other news. Uh, Moving on from the pro game, talking about the college game. Michigan, they are in the College World Series. They play Vanderbilt tonight. That's uh, the first game of three, if necessary. Winner, uh, if you win two out of three, you win the College Baseball World Series. No Big Ten team has won the College Baseball World Series since 1966. That was when Ohio State won it. It's been that long. And only two Big Ten teams, including this year's Michigan squad, have been to the College World Series since 1984. I mean, it's ridiculous. This doesn't happen for, uh, for Big Ten teams. They don't make it this far in the College Baseball World Series. The other Big Ten team to make it, that was 2013 Indiana. Kyle Schwarber was playing for the Indiana Hoosiers, and they did not win. But now we have the Michigan Wolverines. They have their uh, ace on the mound in Henry tonight. Uh, big game for them. They are, But uh, that being said, I mean, we could look at the FanDuel Sportsbook and and Michigan uh, trying to take down Vanderbilt, the number two team in the country going into this tournament. So Michigan is the heavy underdogs. I mean, they don't get this far. This is the first College World Series they've been in since 1984. So it's been a while. And actually, we had Chris Sable on, who was on uh, the 1983 team that went to the College Baseball World Series. And Michigan was a power back then. They were a perennial top 10 baseball team. That was in the late 70s, early 80s. Since then... Uh, it's, it's been tough going for uh, Michigan and for Big Ten teams in general, as I just pointed out. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal when you have a Big Ten team and the, when the Michigan Wolverines are in the college baseball championship game. They're plus 190 tonight. 
The Vanderbilt Commodores are the heavy favorites, minus 225. Uh, the run total is nine. But as I said, Michigan has their ace on the mound. They need to win this game tonight. This, all the pressure's on Michigan because you don't want to face Kumar. Kumar, uh, the Vanderbilt, the, the, the guy who had 19 strikeouts, no hitter uh, in the College Baseball World Series uh, this earlier this season. You don't want to face him tomorrow. So uh, you got to win tonight if, if they have any chance of, of winning the College Baseball World Series. But uh, all eyes are on that. And just what an embarrassment, though, for the Big Ten. What, their baseball programs, I mean – Michigan can't be a perennial power in baseball. I mean, uh, how about other uh, squads uh, in in the Big Ten? I mean, Penn State, um, Ohio State, what's their problem? I mean, Wisconsin even. Like, what's what's the problem with these Big Ten schools? Do they not just care? Do they not put money into their baseball programs? And, and why has it been since 1966 since a team has won the baseball World Series, the College Baseball World Series. That's an embarrassment, but uh, Michigan heavy underdogs, uh, they're going for their first championship since 1962. They won it all in 1962. How about the Women's World Cup? Just to get that in real quick before we go to break and welcome Chris Venture back to the program. That is coming up next segment. Spain, U.S. tied at 159th minute in the knockout stage now. Round of 16 in the Women's World Cup played in France. So, uh, uh, a lot going on right here. Um, um, the big favorites to win the U.S. is coming back on short rest. We'll see what's going on and if they could hold on. We'll keep you updated throughout the program as they're in the 59th minute and they're tied at one um, against Spain. The U.S. is tied at one. Some uh, bets uh, for baseball real quick. I'm going to stick with Greg Sussman. I like what he's uh, talking about here for his best bet tonight. Uh, he likes the White Sox and Lucas Giolito bounce back. Uh, I like it as well. Uh, Against the Red Sox tonight, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, the lefty for the Red Sox, is going in, in that one. Uh, Lucas Giolito had a rough outing his last time out against the Cubs, but pitching great. Under three ERA this year, expecting to bounce back. He did have a, a rough go against the Red Sox early this season. Uh, five innings, three earned runs, uh, not too bad, but uh, wasn't great. Uh, fully expecting to bounce back tonight, shut down the Red Sox. So I like it. It's plus money as well. So it's a good bet. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going with tonight in my, uh, one of my bets. The Yankee game is, is a rough one because I want to take the Yankees. Sabathia pitches much better at home. He's going up against um, Aaron Sanchez, who stunk this year for the Blue Jays. But it's too high. I mean, it's minus 260 now at FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, that, that's the money line tonight for the Yankees. Not touching that. The over-under... If you want to go run total, the run total is 11. That's high, too. I could fully expect the Sabathia pitching great at home against a young Blue Jays lineup and then the bullpen taking over and shutting them down. So the 11, I'm not touching either. I want to take the Yankees. I fully believe they could win tonight. Their eight-game winning streak was snapped by the Astros and Justin Verlander yesterday afternoon. That was important for the Astros, too. That was an important game for them to win with their ace on the mound. Yankees took three or four from the Astros, but... Verlander got the win. That was important for them. Yankees beat Verlander. They're a lot more confident going in. And you know they're going to meet, meet up in the playoffs. Or they're expected to meet up. We'll see what happens there. Um, but that's one of the teams the Yankees are chasing. That's why the Yankees are looking to add a strong starting pitcher to their rotation. You can't rely on Luis Severino coming back and being that ace that he's been for the Yankees. They need to add a starting pitcher. It's not going to be Max Scherzer. He's not likely to be traded, although the Yankees would give up their top prospects and add the payroll. He's signed for another two and a half years for Scherzer, but looking at more of a Marcus Stroman, although they're not high on him, but we'll see. The Yankees need to add another starting pitcher, but 
big deal for uh, the Astros winning yesterday's game. A lot more to do. We're going to talk NFL football. That's with Chris Venture. That's next. Tom Brady, the ninth best quarterback going into the year. Is that right? We'll debate that next. Wait now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But a lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76, and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is Andro 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products, and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. I think of Charlie Sheen in Major League when I, when I hear yeah, the song. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Don't you understand? The whole thing is because I'm I'm the closer, and he was a closer. Oh, yeah, there you Don't go. you get it? Oh, wow. Look at that. Come on. Putting it together. You're better than that. That's Chris Ventra, baby. What's up? What's good? What's good? It's your boy, the closer, Chris Ventra here. What's popping, everybody? One of the best baseball movies of all time. Better than Bull Durham. Um, better than... Uh, I wouldn't I was, say better than Sandlot. 
Yeah, it's better than the Sandlot. I like. The I like Sandlot when I was twelve. I mean, but you know, but it's a classic. Adult, you know? Yeah, it's a classic, but it's not better than Major League. Major League is is one of the top. It's um, funny. Yeah, I'll give. Is it, it better that. than the Natural? No, I don't think it's better than the Natural. I don't. I don't think Where it's. The better. kid breaks his arm and he starts throwing like. Oh, the rookie. Oh, the rookie's good. The rookie or the rookie of the year, whatever yeah. it's called. There's two of Something them. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, that's dumb. That's a dumb movie. Um, <laughs> I don't like it. No, no, I, I, I like Major League. You like Major League the most? Yeah, huh? why not? Bull Durham is okay. I. Not as good as Major League. I like Bull Durham. I like The Natural. I don't know. The Natural's great. None of them are really... Me out a winner. I don't think any of them are really great to me. That's a problem. I think a Sandlot's great, but it's not really like a... It's a baseball movie, but it's not really about Major League Baseball. It's not as good as football movies, right? right. Rudy was great, even though it was a lot of actual errors. Yeah, that's a movie where it's like, oh, if you're a person, you know... It's like a David versus Goliath story. Oh, he, you know, he finally did it, and he got to play on the field and everything like that, and made a big play, right, at the end. And yeah. I mean, I don't remember everything because I saw no, that Rudy time was, ago. I, I, The program was a great football movie. Unnecessary Roughness is, is uh, Chris Bavona's favorite uh, football movie. No, the best football movie is Remember the Titans. That's, that's good. A, that's oh, yeah, a great. Well, yeah, but that, that's in another category. That's based on... You know, radio is good, yeah. too. No, radio was good with Kubo Gooding Jr. Yeah, it was good. I didn't see that I liked one. radio, actually. Radio was pretty good. It's a classic. Uh, what other ones? I'm just trying to think. Football movies? Any the, Given Sunday sucked. The Replacements? Jerry Maguire. Yeah, The Replacements is funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, Varsity start. Blues. Come on, that's a classic. Varsity Blues, no? I, uh, I don't think I saw that. Was it with Vanderbeek, right? Jason Vanderbeek? That was a, sh- a movie? Yeah, that was a movie. Right, right. They made a show of it. Yeah, they after. did with uh, Minka Kelly. Right, right, right. I think I seen part of that movie, but a long time. All right, right. enough about that. But yeah, well, anyway, thank you, Brian, for changing the subject here. I appreciate that. Yep. Uh, with, with your musical choice. But um, <laughs> it's 1 1 Spain, US, eight, uh, 67th minute now. Women's knockout stage of the World Cup in France. We'll keep you updated on that. USA getting humbled. Relax, relax. It's early. It's early. I mean, it, Spain's good and they're on short rest. That's, that's, that's as much as I'm going to give you on the Women's World Cup, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my knowledge. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got more? You're I, a soccer I don't guy. watch. I don't watch. All right. So then what do I you don't watch about? Women's World Cup. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. Why? I, are you sexist? Uh, no. Well, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I just don't. I guess I don't appreciate it as much. I wa- like right now, I'd rather yeah. watch Copa America, Gold Cup right, going on. Right, right, right. You know, I did a bet and I lost the other day, but that's all right. That's all right. You're going to bounce back tonight. All right, baseball bets. Before we get back into some other stuff, uh, we want to talk about the NFL uh, QB rankings by Chris Sims on NBCSports.com. We'll get to that in a second. But I like Lucas Giolito against the Red Sox tonight. I like it because it's plus money. Uh, he, he had a terrible start last time out, but he's pitching great this year. Right. Plus 150, the White Sox in Fenway. Eduardo Rodriguez uh, starting for the Red Sox. He had a rough outing, too, as well. Not having a great year. I think uh, Never really does. Yeah, exactly. Lucas Giolito, I think he humbles the Red Sox tonight. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Plus 150, money line. You're not going to get that with a Lucas Giolito start very often. Yep. You know what I mean? Good point. He's usually going to be the favorite. Or, you know, maybe play plus 110, plus 120. Plus 150 is good. It's the Red Sox. That's why. And it's in Boston. It's in Beantown, yeah. Which, but, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez could get shelled easily at any moment. Yeah, my God. Giolito's been fantastic all season except for last start. He was due for a bad game. You know, it's going to happen. Right, do you bounce like back. Do you got something you like tonight? Um, I, I mentioned the Yankees. Blue Jays, I don't want to touch that game. It's too high. The money's too high for, for the Yankees there. Minus uh, 260. You know what? I like, I honestly like um, Colorado Rockies, John Gray. Okay. Minus 112 money line against San Francisco Giants, Drew Pomeranz. Drew Pomeranz. I think this is going to be a good start for Gray. It's in San Francisco where, you know, it's hard to give up homers. Uh, and John Gray has trouble with that usually. 
Uh, San Francisco doesn't have a great lineup. Yep. And Drew Pomeranz, you know, not that yep. great of a pitcher in general. Right. So I think John Gray, minus 112, isn't that bad. That's your bet tonight. Yeah, that's the one I like the most. If I didn't, you know, Giolito I like as well because the plus 150, obviously. The odds are great. Uh, but I would go John Gray. I think that's a, one of the best ones. Did you see that 14-year-old girl run onto the field at Dodger Stadium to hug Cody Bellinger yesterday? No. Yeah, so she got past security. She ran onto the field. She, she goes up to Cody Bellinger, right? How'd she get past security? Yeah, she got past. 14, year old, 14 years old, right? She goes, uh, I just want to hug. And then while she, <laughs> while she was hugging him, security tackled her to the ground. And so then Cody Bellinger tells her, well, while she's on the ground, says, uh, you know you're going to jail, right? She goes, yeah, I know. But it was worth it. <laughs> she just wanted a great. Cody Bellinger hug. It was she worth it. She said it was worth it. That's well, great, man. First of all, she's 14. She yeah. can't. Get real jail time. No, of course. So, of course, she knows that. Yeah. So she she was cool with it. She sacrificed that. But did, they didn't tackle. Did they tackle to the ground? I got to. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, fourteen year old. Girl. I didn't see the video of it. That's what the article read. I don't think you have to tackle. That's what the article said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I read it, and the article said you ta- they tackled her. Yeah. You don't tackle a fourteen year old girl. Please but, no. Yeah. Don't but do you that. don't know what she's capable of. That's true. But like, if you're secure, she gave the hug to Bellinger already. No, she was in the process of hugging. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, she was just looking for a hug. <laughs> It's a 14-year-old girl. What is she going to do? It's really, I know, but security's lax, man. Yeah. What if that was a dude and he had a knife? Oh, you know but they, like, they, they'd be coming at him like no, crazy. No, no, but I'm saying, Players. But it would have been too late. It would have been too late. Yeah, I you guess. You would have had another Monica Seller situation. But I think it would have been different because I think the security would have noticed it right away and been quick to the trigger to get to him. Oh, you as think like, ah, it's a 14-year-old girl. Let yeah, it go. Yeah, 14-year-old girl. They might have been a little confused. What is this girl doing on the field? She's 14? What are we doing? And then they started to make the decision. No, I, don't, you know what I, mean? well, I don't think that's true. But yeah, I think they were just relaxed. But isn't it funny, though? She wanted a hug. That's yeah. all she wanted. And she's like, it was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> ah, watch okay. out. Cody Bellinger, man. Heartthrob. It's not there. worth it for me. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you right now. I don't care who the wait, player wait, is. Wait, 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 wait. What if it was a chick? Like uh, when you were 14. If you were, let's say you're 14, Chris Ventra. For a hug? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. That's nah, not going to happen. Not right? going to happen. Like, like, Even at 14. Your favorite female uh, athlete when you were younger? I didn't really have a favorite female athlete when I was younger. Uh, tennis player, maybe? Uh, Actor, actress. Okay, who? Kate Beckinsale. Okay. My favorite. You know, yeah. I think the best looking woman maybe I've ever seen. <laughs> no. Stop it. No, no. I don't Brittany know. He didn't go over the air, did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's, Brian's making jokes there uh, in the pit. Um, what about you? As a, a younger kid, uh, athlete, female athlete, Nothing. Steffi Graf, maybe. Okay. Mar- Martina Hingis. Uh, all right. Martina all right, Hingis. Right, right. Uh, I'm tennis, tennis plays. Yeah. yeah. Anna Kornikova, actually. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to hug her, though. I mean, no, no. Who's the other one? Um, Martina Navratilova. Oh, no. No. Not her. <laughs> Who's the other one? Chris Everett? No. Monica Sellers? Uh, she was also... Uh, Maria Sharapova. Maria Sharapova. Yes, yes, yes. She's like I liked her a lot. She's tall. When I was young. Um, Good luck. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. There was no shot in that. Yeah. Actress. Uh, all right. So let, let's talk about, we, we mentioned it, we teased it. Um, Chris Sims, his NFL rankings, he's ranking the top quarterbacks for the 2019 season. Not the top quarterbacks of all time. Right. The best quarterbacks of 2019. He's up to number seven, and that was Matt Ryan. Number eight, Cam Newton. Number nine. Tom Brady. So he has Cam Newton and Matt Ryan ranked ahead of Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the ninth best quarterback going into 2019. Do you agree with that? In real football, we're talking here. Yeah, not fantasy. We're not talking fantasy. So well, Kurt Warner came out and blasted him. Oh. Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah. Okay. Blasted Chris Sims for it. I, I guess that makes sense. Somebody's going to blast him for that. Yeah, and that's what he wants. Um, that's what Chris Sims wants, and he would giving him what he wants. We're going right, to talk about we'll it. We'll give him what he wants, Chris Sims. Uh, <laughs> he never really got what he really wanted <laughs> yeah. back in the day. But Drew Brees, number 10. Okay. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that Matt Ryan, I'm okay with. Because, listen, Brady's old, man. Okay. I could easily see him, you know, taking a step back, not throwing for as many touchdowns, not throwing for as many yards. It looks like New England's going to be a very uh, run-heavy team. They have a lot of and running backs exactly on that roster. That's exactly the point he made. Um, yep, and I didn't see that. I, I, I'll yep. tell you that right, right now. Right. Um, and, and I think Cam Newton, see, Cam Newton's tricky because he gets hurt a lot. Uh, he does have, like, this thing where if he starts losing games, his mentality is all down and he doesn't play the way he normally plays. It's like when the team's bad, they're really bad because a lot has to do with him getting down. Uh, and the team's good, he's really good. And he's also not that accurate, okay, in general. So I think I would, I think in terms of real football, I would put Matt Ryan ahead of Brady, but I would put Cam Newton like behind Brady, I think. I don't think I would put me Cam too. Newton ahead of Brady. See, uh, Matt Ryan to me and Cam Newton, they're the same player. They, they had these great years where they win MVPs. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the seasons, they've been decent. The numbers are decent. But they, they've never reached that great MVP-type year again, once again, ever again. So, But I don't have a problem with, with It's Matt hard Ryan. to win a That's lot fine. of MVPs. I mean, No, but I mean to have an MVP-caliber season. Those guys have only had one MVP-caliber season, and they actually won it, the award. Brady's a perennial MVP candidate throughout his career. Right. But he is 41, right. and he does play in a run-heavy offense. He will this year. Right. I, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons. I get it. I get it. He, he has won six Super Bowls, though. You got to give him some respect there. Whoa, 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 respect but- just because he always defies the odds, right? He right. always outplays his Expectation age. and his age. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, now, Cam Newton, another thing. He's coming back from shoulder surgery. Right. We're not even sure if he's going to be 100%. Right. Ridiculous to rank Cam Newton ahead of Tom Brady. Yeah, I wouldn't do that because of the injury history. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, but I don't have a problem but, too much. Yeah, and the reason why I'd say Matt Ryan ahead of uh, Brady, I know you got to give Brady respect. This is the, the comment you just made. I don't think, though, that How did he play goes... In the playoffs? I don't know if that goes into play, though, when you're ranking quarterbacks for the 2019... Uh, Cam 2020 Newton, season. Ranking Cam season. Newton ahead of Tom Brady and anything's disrespectful. I don't care. It's disrespectful as, uh, you know... We get distracted. No, uh, it's just, I mean, you know, it's just. I got distracted. <laughs> I know you did. I know. <laughs> what was I saying? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely forgot. No, no. Oh. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Versa. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Brady at nine, I don't, I'm not going to go all crazy Kurt Warner, um, but Cam Newton ahead of Tom? Come on now. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. And Drew Brees was right behind Brady? Yeah, 10. All right, I'm cool with that. You are yeah, cool with that. I'm cool with that. Because Brady, they're both really old, right? When it, when it, <laughs> yeah, when it comes to age. One's 40, one's 41, yeah. Right, so they're on the same playing field when it comes to that. Oh, for football players. Yeah, and Brady, I mean, but Breeze could have a monster year just as easily as Brady can, I think. But the thing is, I, I, maybe I might put even Breeze actually ahead of Brady for, for one reason. Because I think that New England's going to be very run-heavy. I keep saying this. They're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, Saints... Never really run heavy, but they do a lot of different things through the pass. Yeah. So Breeze is always going to pass the ball a ton, and he, you know, he's going to have a lot of attempts. Maybe that's going away a little bit more now that he's, a re- you know, he's 40 years old. He's over the hill. But I think he still will make more attempts and will have you know, a lot of yardage All right, at the end of the season. Let's flip it around to fantasy football, right? Yeah. Are you taking Drew Breeze ahead of Tom Brady in, in fantasy football draft? I would. I don't know. <laughs> you just said you have a problem with Breeze being I think behind I, Brady. I, I think I'd actually go Breeze. Yeah. Ahead right. of Brady. I go, all right, what about Cam Newton? Would you pick Cam Newton ahead of Tom Brady in a fantasy football draft? Yes. 
just yeah. because of what the wrong the aspect the legs, yeah. but will he run a lot with that shoulder he's trying to we talked healthy. about this yeah we have I, I think he will I don't think he'll run a lot it's all it's all Christian McCaffrey no yeah I mean listen he's not gonna run a lot but he's gonna run when needed all right uh, you think- he's gonna cut it down a little bit but he'll still run for 400 yards okay all right you like Matt Ryan yeah I like yes. Matt Ryan ahead of yeah yes I like Matt Ryan Matt yeah, Ryan's top eight to me yeah, he's right there. He's right there. Fantasy. Uh, Carson Wentz is 11 in his, in his countdown. Well, listen, he's, been, he's hurt. Always hurt. He hasn't really... No, I'm, that's pretty high, don't you think? Ahead of Philip Rivers, ahead of yeah, uh, Prescott. Philip Rivers, Dak Prescott. Stafford. He's ahead of Stafford in his, in his countdown. I would put him ahead of uh, Stafford and Dak Prescott. I wouldn't put him ahead of... Philip Rivers. In real football. Mark Cooper We're for talking? a whole year. Uh, no, let's talk fantasy. Mark, oh, let's talk Mark fantasy. Cooper for a whole year. Right. I know it's a run-heavy offense with Ezekiel Elliott right. in Dallas. There's not, do, you like, do you like Dak to go over 23 touchdown passes? Jason Witten's back for what that's worth. Yeah, there's not a lot of weapons. There's not a lot of we- re- weapons. Um, I, I don't think... Touchdowns are tough, though. You know, touch, he could throw... He could have five touchdowns that are five-yard passes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, in terms of yardage, I wouldn't say he won't, he won't throw more than... Uh, you know, 30, 3,500, 35, 3,700, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with you. There. All right. That's about his cusp. All right. That, that's our take on Chris Sims' quarterback rankings. We'll talk about it more as he windles it down to number one. Uh, still six to go. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver yeah. talked about how they're moving away from using the word owner and going instead with governor to <laughs> describe the owner of an NBA basketball team and saying it's insensitive to the players and and this is all from the uh, Warriors, minority owner, if you, want, if you will, or investor, as people now uh, describe these guys as right. investors. Mark Stevens, and he pushed Kyle Lowry in the NBA Finals, and, and some people rejected the use of the word owner to describe him. Are we being a little too sensitive here? I think we are. And Adam Silver, just my take real quick, Chris, before I get yours. Um, it's funny how Adam Silver's quick to pounce on this and – to uh, go with the word governor instead of owner, saying it's racially insensitive. Yet, the Knicks banned the New York Daily News from covering their press conference for a while now. James Dolan has, and yet they're still allowed to do that. I want to see James Dolan, I want to see Adam Silver do something about that. Adam Silver, be progressive and do something and be proactive and or reactive in this case because it's been going on a while. Do something about that, all right, And, and not this, I guess it's, this, uh, I guess, playing to the PC crowd here, what Adam Silver's doing by uh, calling owners governors now. So you, you, you don't like it? No. I yeah. Think I think it's... Uh, be, no, this is the whole PC, thing. Too PC. So we talked about this a couple weeks ago about the comment made about the uh, guinea tea thing yep. that was made. So... I, Where like I, I thought said, that woman was ignorant and yes, foolish. Yes, she shouldn't have said that, but yeah, at the same time, I've been re- watching a lot of videos lately about a lot of different things, and I think the world is getting very uh, too sensitive. Yeah, it's overboard. Absolutely. Owner, he's an owner. He owns a team. He doesn't own the players. He owns right. the team, right. okay? The players can do what they want once they're out of contract, whatever their contracts. They make money, you know? It, it, the, the thing is that, what? Owner sounds too much like you own people, like, right. you know, slavery. Right. Like, that's too much. We're getting too sensitive, and now we're appeasing all this by actually making these changes. So it's going to get worse and worse. And, and, and at some point, you know, 50 years from now the, the whole country the whole world's gonna be like 
a softest tissue paper. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, right. everybody's well, gonna be a softest tissue. No, paper. I agree with you. Good it's take. It's gonna be and, horrible. And the whole thing with the guinea tea thing, just to, to remind people, I didn't want her to be fired. No, the woman Casey McDonald or McDowell. I, I just thought it was foolish and ignorant of yeah, her. Yeah, she shouldn't it. have said it. Right. She's trying to be funny. By the way, Gucci Garoppolo should have been on that list somewhere. Top 12 at least. Oh, I put him ahead of Stafford for sure. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Thank you, Chris. Jay Jaffe, Fangraphs baseball writer, joins me next. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Money Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. Go to MoneyNow100.com and get the money you need. Need to pay off credit card debt? Go to MoneyNow100.com. Need your car? repair need home improvement money visit moneynow100.com if you need fast cash for any reason go to moneynow100.com good bad or no credit at all go to moneynow100.com you could get up to five thousand dollars as soon as the next business day go to moneynow100.com on your phone tablet or computer type in the address bar moneynow100.com that's moneynow the number 100.com Rain it! Make it rain. This used to be wake me up when it's LeBron versus the Warriors, but right. now you got 30 teams in the NBA, whether you're in the East or now with these injuries in the West, you legitimately believe you got a shot at this moving forward. With all the free agents out there, the draft on the precipice, I think a lot of teams are like, wow, the door is ajar. Let's see what we can do. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Back here on At the Window on the Fantasy Sports Network, I am Sean Guasamacchia. The U.S. has scored in the Women's World Cup knockout stage against Spain. 85th minute, U.S. 2, Spain 1. So we'll keep you updated on that. Up until 2 p.m. Eastern time when we get out of here. 
But uh, U.S. up now 2-1 over Spain, 85th minute. Joined now by Jay Jaffe, covers baseball and has been covering baseball for a while, covers baseball for now, Fangraphs.com. Jay, thanks for the time. appreciate a couple of minutes here. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Jay, uh, talking about the Mets situation, Mickey Callaway going after Tim Healy of Newsday. Mike Puma, who writes for the New York Post, uh, tweeted saying that 22 years covering baseball, he's never seen anything like that, a manager dropping uh, F-bombs and cursing at a reporter. You've covered this game a while. I mean, have you ever seen or heard of, of a manager going after a reporter like that? Not in a long time. Not in my, not in my time covering. And I certainly don't have nearly the clubhouse coverage experience that, that Mike Puma does. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is something that you could get away with maybe in the 70s and the 80s, but that time is long past. The expectation of professionalism on both sides is, is very high. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is the mark of a, of, of a manager who's losing his hold on the situation. Um, you're not going to get away with that, especially you're not going to get away with that in the, in the New York media. They'll, they'll eat you for lunch. I mean, you know, we saw that Mickey Calloway was on the back page of uh, uh, multiple tabloids, right. and uh, you just, you're just not going to win this battle. Uh, as my wife, who also covers baseball, says, the New York media remains undefeated in this matter. <laughs> Absolutely, and Mickey should know, know better with, with that. But uh, what do you make of Jay's uh, – Jay, what, what do you make of Mickey's managerial record at this point? Do you think it's, it's time for the Mets to move on, for, just based not on this incident, based on his decisions as a manager? I think it's, I think it's past due, and I think, you know yeah. – for better or worse, his days were numbered when Brody Van Wagenen took over. Um, every general manager, I think, really, uh, if they're going to execute their vision, they should be able to, to, to pick uh, the manager with whom they're working. And, and you know, they, they, uh, uh, Callaway had one year under his belt. It was kind of, you know, it was, uh, kind of inconclusive based on just how messed up the situation was last year with Sandy Alderson taking a leave of absence and really uh, uh, tough to get a read on just what Callaway's strengths and weaknesses were. Um, this year, I mean, he's had a lot of problems with that bullpen, and just you know, there are just a lot of players that are that are underperforming there. You know, on the bullpen side, obviously, we saw questions raised about that again yesterday. Um, his usage of Edwin Diaz has has been heavily scrutinized right. all season long. Um, with the Mets, you can never really divorce uh, what's going on in the dugout with what's going on in the owner's box. However, um, uh, they, you know. Uh, uh, particularly Jeff Wilpon is a very, I'll just say charitably, hands-on owner, uh, <laughs> known known to be, uh, um, you know, uh, much more um, uh, manipulative in terms of, uh, you know, what what how how the team handles injuries, how they handle certain playing time situations. Uh, it's not a particularly common situation. Uh, that said, I think it's very clear that. Uh, this this is a garbage fire of a of, of a team. There's so many things wrong with it. They've already fired the pitching coach, which is a sign that you know they're they're really just waiting to scapegoat the manager. Uh, I think at this at this point it would be, it would be better if the Mets got uh, uh, somebody else in the dugout, a new voice in there, even if it's only for a short time, and then uh, do a full scale search uh, this winter when they can have. Uh, uh, a much wider range of options. Yeah, I was going to point that out, Jay, too, because he's considered to be a puppet manager, if you will, because the ownership, the Wilpons, Jeff Wilpon has so much say in decisions. I was going to ask you, is, is uh, Mickey Calloway responsible for the majority of the decisions that are made as a manager? But uh, not enough time to get into that, but uh, you cleared that up regardless of how heavy-handed the, the Wilpon, Wilpons are in, in the baseball matters. Uh, Dodgers said him yesterday, Cody Bellinger, a 14-year-old girl, ran onto the field, but... but uh, Except uh, other than that, though, um, he fouled the ball off and a fan was hit. 
again uh, near the dugout, over the dugout there. When will we see protective netting from foul line to foul line, from foul pole to foul pole um, in baseball? Will that happen this year? I mean, I know the White Sox have decided to do it in season. Will we see more teams follow suit? I mean, how many more fans are going to be hit with foul balls and, and rush to the hospital? Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a lot of teams doing it in season. I'm, I'm glad the White Sox did it. I think that, that there may be other teams that follow suit. This isn't something that you just say overnight, hey, let's do this. Um, I know that you know every ballpark is different. There are engineering concerns all the way across the board. That said, I would imagine that the feasibility of this was studied uh, a couple years ago when the netting past the dugouts was, was implemented uh, and that there are already, um, let's say, contingencies uh, that are understood uh, in terms of in terms of what the next step would be, but I would I would bet that we're not going to see a huge number of teams do this until after the season is over, uh, when they can look at this a little bit more closely um, and maybe get a bit more direction from the commissioner's office. I, I get a sense that we're headed in that direction, um, if not necessarily mandatory, uh, that you'll see more ballparks doing this uh, uh, within the next year. All right, hopefully uh, they do something about that as the White Sox, as, as you mentioned, uh, have uh, made the decision to do that to uh, extend the netting, uh, not to f- the foul pole uh, in e- each direction. Uh, joined by Jay Jaffe, Fangraphs.com, covers baseball, been covering the game for a long time, worked for Sports Illustrated in the past. Jay, uh, what's behind the big home run surge in baseball? The juiced ball, or is it more just the difference uh, in the the approach by hitters and trying to get the ball in the air and the exit velocity, what you will? What's behind uh, more? Is it the juice ball, or is it more the players just uh, looking to changing their swing and upcutting the ball now? It's a combination of things, but but there's a lot of evidence that points to the ball. And it's not that that Major League Baseball has intentionally juiced it, but the way that they've changed the seams and the yard uh, has produced a ball that has drag thus carries a little bit further when struck uh, uh, in a similar manner as before. I studied this a long time ago, um, and the tolerances on on baseballs are so loose that, uh, you know, in terms of um, the the weights and, and, and the seam heights that uh, you can get a lot of variation in there without, you know, quote-unquote breaking the rules. Um, but we've seen, uh, I think, minute changes in manufacturing and, and material choice have resulted in, in uh, uh, very uh, specific changes to the ball and the way it carries. Uh, we've also do have, uh, you know, a, a revolution in thought in terms of more players hitting it in the air, and that's that's exacerbating the problem. But I think it's the ball first and foremost. Do you think we'll see a change in how they uh, make the ball? I mean, in the future, do you think this will change? Do you think baseball is just going to go with? Uh how it's it's made right now and, and can well continue. i don't think major league baseball will ever admit to it um so behind but, the scenes is what you will but i think behind the scenes it would not surprise me uh if the ball is addressed at, at, okay. at, uh, on some level um because i think that you know the feeling is understandably that uh, uh you know the over the the overproduction of home runs is kind of deadening uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of numbing. Um, you're getting a lot less, a lot fewer balls in play, um, you know, which is contributing to this sort of pace of game uh, issue and, and, and the lack of uh, uh, live action. And I think that's, that's a problem that Major League Baseball has been trying to confront, and they seem to think that uh, uh, outlawing shifts or something like that is, is, is the remedy for that. I don't think that's going to do it, but um, I, I, I do think that we're going to see uh, some potential tweaks on MLB's part uh, to maybe uh, uh, deaden the ball a bit or, you know, in some way. 
Jay, what do you make of the Rays and their attempt to play games in not only Tampa, but also Montreal? Do you think that that's a viable solution to the situation in Tampa, splitting home games between Montreal and Tampa? No, I don't think it's viable at all. I think it's, I think it's basically um, unfeasible, but it's out there as a, as a point of negotiation, um, you know, a way to see whether they can generate enough interest to either uh, get a ballpark built in the Tampa-St. Petersburg area or uh, stimulate the, uh, the financing for one in, in Montreal um, you know, and, 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 and possibly move the team there. Uh, I think what you know, what basically you're talking about two cities that have dragged their feet uh, each towards producing full-time ballparks uh, that are largely funded by taxpayers. There's no way you're going to get two of those cities to make the necessary stadium uh, investments for half a season. Um, you know, Olympic Stadium or whatever, uh, wherever the the uh, Rays would play in Montreal. Uh, is going to require a huge investment, um, and the you know what the uh, uh, the Tropicana Dome uh, they're, they're not getting out of that lease anytime soon. They're not going to build a new ballpark right. just for half a season. So I think this is a ploy more than anything else. Is this the best chance for Montreal to get baseball back? Uh, I don't see an expansion team or expansion happening in Major League Baseball anytime soon. Maybe you know more about that, but uh, is this the only opportunity uh, Montreal will have to get baseball back there? Well, baseball has said, and Manfred has said, uh, and uh, specifically that once the uh, stadium situations in Tampa Bay and Oakland are resolved, and both of those so, show no signs of abating, <laughs> right, uh, then, then, then 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 an expansion to 32 teams is probably inevitable. Okay. And that Montreal is probably towards the top of that list. I think you'd you'd say that Montreal, Portland, Charlotte, and San Antonio are probably the the the, the four prime candidates uh, for two spots. And uh, you know, ultimately, if it comes to that, it will it, it will be you know which cities come up with the financing, uh, the most convincing financing packages and and, and investors, uh, you know, to make that happen. Well, what was the problem with uh, Montreal? Why did they move to Washington? Uh, why didn't they uh, support uh, the Expos uh, when they were in the uh, Canada for so many years? What, what was the well, was it ownership? Was it the problem? Ownership ownership had a huge a huge amount to do with it. Um, you know, Olympic Stadium, a lack of investment in Olympic Stadium, uh, which was a you know a, a turf covered uh, dome, uh, had something to do with it. But fans were you know when when the team was good, uh, fans really did come out to support it. It just you know the the uh, Jeffrey Loria just didn't continue investing in the team, and uh, um, you know they couldn't get the. Uh, uh, financing necessary to you know to find an owner to keep it there and to find and find uh, uh, the public financing to you know to build uh, or even the private private financing to build a successor stadium and and uh, um, because of that Loria let the, you know let the team wither on the vine and then uh, traded essentially made a trade uh, for the for the uh, Marlins and and uh, uh, Major League Baseball just you know further uh, 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 burned bridges there that. Uh, uh, basically allow the team to wither before it moved. Interesting, interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens there, uh, see what happens uh, with the Rays and if uh, they actually uh, go through with this move. But you said the, the St. Petersburg mayor said they have a lease till 2027. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to let them out of the lease, so uh, that's not going to happen for a while. Uh, is Thurman Munson a Hall of Famer? I, I reading, I've been reading a lot on Twitter about Thurman Munson, and his numbers are there, but is, he only played 11 seasons. Uh, in your mind, is Thurman Munson a Hall of Famer? 
I think he's a viable Hall of Famer. I think if you look at what he did in his 11 seasons, um, he did enough to, to be uh, uh, as good or better as, as, the, as the peak uh, period for uh, the average Hall of Fame catcher. That's my, my jaw system. Uh, looks at a player's seven best seasons. You look at what Munson did, uh, his role on uh, uh, three pennant winners and, and, and two champions, uh, winning an MVP award in 1976, Rookie of the Year as well, uh, several all-star appearances, uh, excellent behind the plate as well as at, at it. Um, I think he did about as, as, as well as you can do. Unfortunately, you know, he died young uh, in that plane crash, and that obviously limits his career totals. But I think uh, he would be a, a, a pretty good choice for the Hall of Fame. Do you think he'll get in with, with the uh, new uh, committee that, that, that elected Harold Baines into the Hall of Fame? Long shot. Um, Long I shot, think really? Ted Simmons is probably ahead of him. Munson's been considered in this Another format catcher. several yep. times. Yep. Yeah, Munson's been considered in this format several times and has really has not gotten much traction. Um, I think it will take a, a significant change in thinking and probably an angel in the room uh, like it was for Harold Baines in order for that to happen. Interesting. What do you make of Yadi Molina then? If, if Munson does get in, then that'll help Yadi Molina uh, get into the Hall of Fame because his, his numbers are light, Yadi, but he has championships. He has the uh, postseason experience and, you know, being a catcher for all of those St. Louis Cardinal great teams. You think Yadi Molina has a serious uh, chance of getting into the Hall of Fame? I think he's got a strong chance of getting in the Hall of Fame. He's not, he doesn't do great in my system, but a lot of my system, you know, the thing about my system is it doesn't really capture um, uh, pitch framing, which has been a big selling point in Molina's career. He's one of the best all time. And, uh, um, you know, I think there's still you know a lot we don't we can't really quantify about uh, pitching staff handling, and, and he gets uh, anecdotally gets high marks in that area. I think that kind of stuff and his role with the Cardinals will probably carry him into the Hall of Fame eventually, even if it's not exactly with my endorsement. Well, yeah, no, no, I think so too. I, I think he'll, he'll eventually get in. What do you, what do you make of Justin Verlander? I, I know it's he's been doing great with the Astros for a couple of years now, but. What's the big difference between uh, with the turnaround? He looked like he was finished in Detroit, goes to Houston, and, and he's reborn. What's been the biggest difference with Justin Verlander over the last couple of years? Well, he went from, from a team that was really kind of in the dark ages analytically to one that really is at the cutting edge. Um, the Astros uh, helped him uh, figure out you know, how best to use his pitches, specifically his slider and his fastball, how to optimize them. Uh, and he, it, it, you know, it's 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 made him nearly unhittable. He's got uh, uh, by far the lowest batting average on balls in play in the majors right now. Very low walk rate, very high strikeout rate. He's giving up a lot of home runs, which is actually something I wrote about today for Fangraphs. My first day back from from uh, uh, a week long vacation on Cape Cod. Oh, nice. Uh, but, good for you. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a good time. But uh, um, you know, he's he's I think. Uh, uh, putting up strong numbers again, and really over the last couple of years has really solidified his Hall of Fame case. And uh, um, you know, but I think it really just comes down to uh, working with uh, a team that really uh, knows how to get the best out of him, uh, using uh, analytics and, and and him buying into that. Uh, you know, relative to a situation in Detroit where he didn't have that kind of input. Awesome stuff, Jay. Uh, read Jay. Fangraphs.com covers baseball. Has been doing it. For a long time. Follow him on Twitter at J underscore Jaffe. That's Jaffe with two F's and an E. Jay, always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, sure thing. Thanks. Jay Jaffe, fangraphs.com, MLB writer. Uh, the U.S., they have won. They have beaten Spain 2 1 in the Women's World Cup. They move on to the quarterfinals now. And uh, uh, 
opponent yet to be determined. We'll see how that plays out. Tonight, Michigan Vanderbilt, 7 p.m. Eastern Michigan in the College Baseball World Series for the first time in the title game since 1962. It's been a while. Let's see. Hopefully uh, they can win tonight and then win one more and be champions. But they have a lot to do going against Vanderbilt, the number two team in the country. Good luck. Go Blue. That'll do it. Thanks to Jay Jaffe. Thanks to Chris Ventra. That's at the window for this Monday. Have a great day, everybody. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. So